This is the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. My name is Andy Snoke. Today, the article that we're going to be discussing and reading is called Be Not Anxious. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, feel free to email us at info at globalmissionsinc.org. It seems that life is always full of things to worry about. There's no shortage of reasons to be distressed. Yet, we read where Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, be not anxious for your life. This and many other scriptures teach that God has intended his children to enjoy divine peace. A divine peace that comes not because of our circumstances, but in spite of them. A peace that comes only by trusting fully and completely in the risen Savior. Jesus spoke to his disciples in Matthew six twenty-five to 33, and he said this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. It is evident by what the Lord spoke that God is truly interested in supplying our physical needs. He is keenly aware that we have a need to wear clothing, we have a need for food and drink, for a place to live. But if we spend our life worrying over how much surplus we can gather to ourselves, and then worry about how to keep our surplus, then we are no different than the non-Christian. We are commanded to take one more step, and that is to, quote, seek seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things shall be added, unquote. Our peace can be robbed when we do not make the kingdom of God our number one priority above all, all else. On this subject, previous in the same chapter, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19-21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Lord was not implying that we, if we have a surplus of money, possessions, etc., 
that we should not save them or lay them up. But the real question is, what and where is your treasure? Is your treasure? If your treasure is in money and possessions, you will never have enough. When you are without, you will worry how to get it. When you have it, you will worry how to keep it. When you spend it, you will worry how to get it back. If our treasure is in the eternal realm of the spirit, it is safe for all eternity. Someday this heaven and earth will pass away, but not our reward that is kept where thieves do not break in and steal. Our peace can be robbed when our treasure is in the wrong things or in the wrong place. The Bible has a very simple and straightforward plan to walk under an umbrella of divine peace. Basically, I could sum it up in one word, and that word is trust. Putting our trust and confidence in Christ. Believing that he is ultimately in control of our lives and destiny if we yield to him. However, we are told to bring a request to him and then trust him with them. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Permit me to quote just a few other scriptures regarding walking under the umbrella of peace of trust in God. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. John 14.27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Psalms 37, 1 through 8. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. We are told in the scriptures above, as well as in many other places, to rejoice in Christ Jesus. 
In other words, our rejoicing should not be in the circumstances, but in the Savior, regardless of our surroundings. I heard a man just say something just the other day, that after his daughter recovered from a near-fatal accident resulting in memory loss from a brain injury, someone told him that it is so nice to see your daughter improving. Isn't God good? He replied back, if my daughter had died, God would still be good. This brother had learned to rejoice in Christ Jesus, not the circumstances. It is amazing how much stock we put into our surroundings and into our circumstances. Oftentimes, things that we think are good may be bad, and things we think are bad may be good. Hypothetically, Let's say that you're struggling along financially, but your trust is in the Lord. If somehow you suddenly inherited a large amount of money, you would think that it would be a good thing, wouldn't you? In fact, you would probably give a testimony that you'd been blessed. But what if the money was so much that you began to buy things and began to take away your time with God and eventually the money became your treasure? If the money were to draw you away from God, then it really wasn't a good thing after all was it? Rejoice in Christ Jesus, regardless of the circumstances, for the circumstances can be deceptive. There's a story that took place during the U.S. Civil War that goes something like this. A poor farmer's only horse runs away. Soon his friends gather at his house and say to him, we have come to help share with you in this terrible loss. The wise farmer says, well, what makes you think it's a bad thing? Soon after, the horse returns on its own with a dozen other wild horses with it. The same friends come over and say, we are here to rejoice with you in this great joy. The wise farmer says, well, what makes you think it's a good thing? Soon after, his son is breaking in one of the wild horses and is thrown, resulting in a broken leg. Once again, his well-meaning friends gather with him. They say, we are here to share with you in your loss. Again, again, the farmer says, what makes you think it's a bad thing? Soon the military comes to town looking for able-bodied young men to draft into the war. The father's son is spared because of the broken leg. The friends gather again to share in the joy, and the farmer says, well, what makes you think it's a good thing? This little story can go on and on and on. But by trusting, trusting in Christ Jesus, regardless of and in spite of our circumstances, we abide under the umbrella of divine peace. There is a peace for those that are afflicted emotionally. There are many reasons why a person can suffer internally and emotionally. Many were afflicted or physically abused as children by family members that it should have been shown love instead of abuse. For some reason, when a child is abused, they often carry with them a sense of guilt right into adulthood. They may find themselves actually blaming themselves. I assure you, they were innocent. They may think to themselves something like this, I deserved it. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I just wasn't good enough. I should have told someone. Others suffer from a lack of self-worth or insecurity as a result of over-demanding parents, 
setting goals that could never be reached, or by by a constant barrage of insults and verbal abuse. One amazing attribute of a child is that they believe their parents. If you consistently tell a child that you love them and that God loves them, they will believe you. If you consistently tell a child that they are failures or how can you do anything right, you deserve to be punished by God, etc., your children will still believe you. These scars from childhood can affect a person for many, many years. Oftentimes, these children that lack the proper love as a child grew up and suffer emotionally, often quietly, to themselves for years to come. Some become perfectionists, trying to earn love and acceptance by being what they think is perfect. They set extremely high standards for themselves and become impatient and angry with others that don't match their criteria of perfection. The constant personal pressure to perform robs them of their peace. There were two sisters, Mary and Martha, in Luke 10. Martha seemed to be a perfectionist. She she was diligently, diligently working in the house, preparing for all of the guests, taking care of their every need while her sister Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha even complained to the Lord and said, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, you do not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. That's Luke ten thirty-eight to 42. Other sufferings are manifested in just the opposite behavior, and they run and hide. They refrain from meaningful relationships with people. For if they become too close, then they risk being hurt. They are the last to volunteer to help in most activities. Some become very obsessed over their appearance, their weight, their teeth, their bank account, and on and on. Some become sick, either real or imagined. A sickness can become a reason not to have to mingle and interact with other people. But I have good news. At the last few camp meetings... The Lord seemed to be saying to the church that now is a time for the captives to go free. Isaiah 61.1 The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Today is the day for those that are slaves to their past to be free. I would like to offer the following thoughts to consider to help appropriate this freedom. First, put your trust in God completely, trusting with all of your life. If you have trusted him with your future, you can also trust him with your past. Forgive those who have hurt you. Recognize that your value as a person does not depend on what you do or by what you possess, but by the one that possesses you. 
For God so loved you that he gave you his only begotten son. You don't deserve God's love by deeds, for you are saved by the grace and kindness of God. It is God's favor towards us that brings us into his presence. John 8, 6. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Dear Heavenly Father, we're reminded in the scriptures that you said in Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint heart, that they may be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that it may be glorified. We remember, dear Lord, those today that are listening to this podcast, that are struggling with anxiety, depression, or oppression. We pray that you would help us all to not look at our circumstances, but to look to you beyond our circumstances, the one who holds tomorrow the one who holds us in the hollow of his hand. I pray that you bring peace and deliverance, dear Lord, to all of those that are oppressed and troubled in spirit. We pray for this, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We thank you, listeners, for listening to the podcast today, and may the Lord richly bless you.